That's no moon. You may fire when ready. I've got a bad feeling about this. I am altering the deal. Pray I don't alter it any further. You must unlearn what you have learned. You felt a great disturbance in the force. I suggest a new strategy, Art. You underestimate the power of the dark side. All right, what is up, Scuttle Buddies? I love the fact that you guys are Scuttle Buddies, and we are the Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast. We are back for another episode. How the hell are you, Alex? Uh, you over there? What are you doing over there? I am over here, and I am amped to talk about some of these subjects that we have for today's podcast. We've got some big news for the Star Wars community. Yes, definitely. You know, as the months approach, as December approaches, the rise of Skywalker come uh, December, we are... Uh, seems like we're getting bombarded with Star Wars news online, on Twitter, on the Twitterverse, here on the interwebs. But uh, we uh, are, are uh, trying to get some more content out there for you guys. Like I said, there's a lot of news uh, heading out uh, of uh, Lucasfilm and, and all over the place. And so we got a couple of things to talk about, don't we, Alex? Yes, we sure do. But before we get into that, there is one thing that I did want to talk about. We've got a voicemail from a fan and a fellow podcaster, uh, Todd from WSTR Galactic Public Access, uh, left us a voicemail and had a little bit of a rebuttal to our conversation about Luke in episode 10. And uh, I wanted to address it. And I wanted to show that I appreciated his his input on the situation and uh and kind of give my thoughts on what he said. And that way we can have some involvement, uh, some back and forth between Star Wars fans who might not agree. How crazy of an idea is that, Ro? Oh, my God. A dialogue between two opposing voices? That's fantastic. <laughs> but you know what? Uh, it's true. You know, we started this podcast, uh, and I, I think everybody knows uh, what our opinion is, and we'll, uh, we'll leave it at that. But uh, we are open to uh, discussion, and that's why we are including... Uh, Todd's um, uh, voicemail. Uh, we really appreciate it. And uh, we appreciate the fact also that people are able to talk to us and send us messages uh, through either email or tag us on Twitter. We love the idea of uh, talking and discussing uh, to be able to, as I always say, hashtag enjoy Star Wars responsibly. And uh, this, you know, this is a good example of it. I'm going to play the uh, voicemail that we got from Todd over at WSTR Galactic Public Access. And uh, we will talk about it uh, on the uh, tail end. What do you say, Alex? Sounds good. Let's hear it. All right. Roll it. Hey, Ro and crew, this is Todd Hoffman from WSTR Galactic Public Access. Just want to chime in. Uh, there were, last episode, you were kind of talking about The Last Jedi and about the treatment of Luke and how that character didn't really pan out or in, in, in his kind of hero stance, like this again, grumpy old Luke, and how you guys didn't like that. And so I'm, I'm kind of on the opposite side of the fence. So um, although Last Jedi is not my favorite movie, I did really enjoy what they did with Luke. And really, it's two points. So the, the first one is really Luke is kind of taking on the mantle of Obi-Wan. And obviously, in Obi-Wan with uh, A New Hope, he wasn't that Jedi going in 
and, you know, being the hero, he was more of, again, the mentor character as well. For over a thousand generations, the Jedi Knights were the guardians of peace and justice in the Old Republic. Before the Dark Times. Before the Empire. As when they finally get to the Death Star, he's the distraction of the whole mission. So, yes, he disables the tractor beam, that's his main purpose, but he is distracting Darth Vader, in a sense, as well, to get the rebels off the ship. He kind of knows the end game, and obviously does not inform Luke of his plan, but basically, I'm going to go shut off the tractor beam, and you guys get off the ship, and I really feel Luke plays the same role in The Last Jedi as far as being that distractor, and... So he is, you know, again, Kylo Ren is bent on destroying Luke and, you know, throws everything at him. And Hux is like, don't you think that's enough? And you you know the story. But obviously Poe realizing, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're not supposed to go out there and fight with them. We are not supposed to just be sitting there watching this whole thing go down. It's more or less, we got to get out of here. I'll destroy her and you and all of it. No. Strike me down in anger and I'll always be with you. Just like your father. I really feel is kind of tied to Empire. So obviously in Empire, Luke has a vision similar to how Anakin has visions of what was going on with his mom. Luke has visions of the fr- of his friends and then in grave danger and Obi-Wan or Yoda are like, yo, you got to stay at Dagobah and still do your hot yoga and try to, you know, become more of a Jedi and don't be distracted by these visions you're having because the Force obviously... Uh, the future is always in motion, as Yoda says. So Luke has these visions. He sees that his friends are in trouble, and he goes to rescue them. So now that he has the Jedi Academy, he is, feels these visions. He sees these visions. He goes to Ben's uh, hut, whatever, you know, cabin, uh, and senses the dark side and how Snoke has already kind of invaded and took over his mind. And that's when he has that noise. And he feels ashamed because of that. And so, in similar to what he did in Jedi by throwing away the lightsaber, he is ashamed of, like, I need to kind of back off from this. And that's where he kind of goes into hiding. And the other part is, because he's being such a bright force, you know, a bright light in the force, he feels like he's causing more harm than good because, as light rises, so does darkness. And so he's like, I'm shutting down, and that is it. So I think that's, you know, those two points. I really do like where Luke's character went. And ultimately, at the end of Last Jedi, there is, his legend has continued. And I think that is what you want from a Jedi Master. It was a Jedi Master who was responsible for the training and creation of Darth Vader. And a Jedi who saved him. 
Yes, the most hated man in the galaxy, but you saw there was conflict inside him. You believed that he wasn't gone, that he could be turned. And I became a legend. Uh, again, love the show, guys. Keep it up and deploy the garrison. May the force be with you always. Thank you, Todd. Uh, Todd Hoffman from WSTR Galactic Public Access left us a voicemail. Uh, we got a little caught up in talking about uh, Luke Skywalker in last episode, episode 10. We like the fact that you guys are, you know, willing to uh, talk to us about it and, um, you know, give your point of view. Uh, we're open to that as well. Alex, what do you got? All right, Todd. So here it goes. I really actually did appreciate your uh, comparison to uh, Luke from The Last Jedi to Obi-Wan Kenobi in A New Hope, which I think was very much so done uh, on purpose in Episode Eight. I think that was the goal overall. Even George Lucas said that Luke would eventually take on the Obi-Wan Kenobi role in uh, these later on uh, sequels. Uh, so I do agree with you. He was uh, kind of the, the old wise man, the caterer of these... Uh, new heroes into the future and into their adventure. And he wasn't necessarily there to to take over what they were doing, but he was a helpful hand. Uh, at least Obi-Wan was. He was a helpful, helpful hand to Luke and guiding him through. And then at the end of the movie, as we all know, he gave himself up so that the others could escape. He realized that he could do more good sacrificing himself than he could if he were to try to uh, put them in harm's way by trying to escape. And I do agree with you on that point. Luke is very much the Obi-Wan Kenobi, and his arc in The Last Jedi mimics uh, that pretty well. I do agree with that. I don't know how many times I have to tell you I agree with that, but I'm going to say it again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The only rebuttal I have to that, Todd, would be uh, his attitude. I think, given the context of the film, uh, there is an argument for why Luke is acting the way he is. However, uh, for me, if you want to make the comparison for Obi-Wan Kenobi, Obi-Wan had a very take Luke under his wing, guide him in the right direction, very helpful. He wanted to help. That kind of satisfies that mentorship um, role in the original trilogy, and and we all love Obi-Wan Kenobi because of that. Uh, Luke's attitude towards Rey, wasn't a huge fan of his dismissiveness of her. Um, I felt that was out of character for him. Uh, so I would, I would kind of disagree with you on that point that you made. I think the other point, we actually might have to have you on uh, the podcast to discuss because it's a very, very long subject where you were talking about uh, how Luke felt that him being in the universe, his, his, uh, f- his light side force is what was brought on the dark side and you know kind of like that whole the sequel trilogy has this saying you know uh the stronger the dark the stronger the light you know they kind of balance each other out i have a couple arguments against that but i think it's too much of a conversation to have just uh and if you're not here to kind of bounce off of me so what we're going to do is i think ro i think we should plan a conversation with todd where we can talk about this uh, in full, but that's not going to be today. But don't worry, Todd, we'll get you in there and we'll talk about it and we'll have a lot of fun theorizing and debating and talking about Star Wars like normal people. <laughs> excellent. Talking about Star Wars like normal people. I'd like to see that, but <laughs> excellent. Excellent. <laughs> 
Yeah, um, I think we're going to get a uh, an opportunity to talk with Todd in the near future based on some plans that we have. But yeah, we'll definitely have him on and uh, continue talking about uh, the comparison. Anything else you want to add to that? Uh, I think uh, I think we're all good with that, huh? Yeah, I think we're good. I just I did want to tell Todd that I really appreciated him calling in and uh, and leaving us that voicemail. Uh, it opens up a dialogue, and we're all for that. Um, and I I think it's important, uh, especially now. Uh, for Star Wars fans to be able to get back to that normal kind of back and forth that we've always had. And uh, it's I'm very grateful to Todd to, for taking that first step. I appreciate it, man. So, Alex, um, looks like Star Wars in the future, we might see uh, Spider-Man or Ant-Man. How about uh, yeah, Captain we- America? You want to see Iron Man in <laughs> in an X-wing? As much as I adore the Marvel movies, for the most part, um, I do not want a Avengers reunion in a Star Wars movie. Uh, I think that kind of ties into this big news, this huge announcement for the Star Wars community that Kevin Feige is going to be coming over to Lucasfilm and producing a Star Wars movie, and I think that's fantastic. He has a ton of skill set. Uh, he has a ton of resources and all these great things that he's done with the MCU. He's taken characters that nobody's ever heard of before and made them blockbuster hits, most popular franchise in the world, arguably. Hey, guys, you ever seen that really old movie? Uh, Empire Strikes Back? Jesus, Tony, how old is this guy? I don't know. I didn't carbon date him. He's on the young side. I'm all for Kevin Feige coming in and testing the water on Star Wars and, and doing his thing. But I have to. I have to hope that he doesn't. He has enough self awareness not to just shoehorn all the actors from the MCU into Star Wars. As much as I'm sure they would all love to do it, I think it would take the audience out of the experience. Man, I'm a. I'm very much an original trilogy purist, and I think getting unknown actors to come in and play these roles really helps sell the atmosphere and the environment of a Star Wars movie. They did it with John Boyega and Daisy Ridley. I think they should do it again. I think they should continue that trend and make it a tradition for Star Wars. I uh, tend to agree with you. I remember the marquee back in 1977, the Adelphi Theater here in Chicago on Clark Street in Rogers Park. The headline said, uh, Star Wars starring Alec Guinness and Peter Cushing. And obviously at the time, those two names were probably the more recognizable names uh, for filmgoers because of uh, obviously their, their experience, their, their age, and uh, you know everybody uh, remembers Alec Guinness. Bridge on the River Kwai. Exactly, yep. and Peter Cushing. Uh, you know, so those actors really had uh, some experience. Yeah, I, I agree. I would counter that with saying um, there are a few actors in Hollywood that are capable of, although they're big, huge, famous stars, they tend to disappear into their roles and they become the characters that they're playing as opposed to the characters that they're playing are just themselves. Um, and I think there's a case to be made that uh, somebody like Christian Bale, who has been known to do radical changes to his body to fit into a role and he kind of becomes that character, blends in really well. You don't really see Christian Bale. You just see whoever he's playing or portraying. Uh, also, the same thing could be said for – I know he's not really doing anything right now. I think he might actually be retired. But if Daniel Day-Lewis – imagine for a minute with your Star Wars brain – 
if Daniel Day-Lewis played Grand Admiral Thrawn, mm. like just disappeared into that role and became that military tactician that we all love from Timothy Zahn's uh, books. So there, there are several actors out there that I would be okay with them having in a Star Wars movie in whatever role that they wanted to choose, whether as a Jedi or, or some other type of character. I'm not sure if that's the best fit for Star Wars. I'd have to be convinced. Um, do you agree? Do you disagree? What do you think? Yeah, I I, I agree uh, for the most part, uh, but you're right. There are some actors that kind of disappear into the role. You know, we'll see what Kevin Feige has to say. Um, looks like he already has an actor that might uh, be interested in uh, coming on to a Star Wars. What do you think about that? Yeah, if you guys don't, uh, don't follow them on Twitter, uh, both... Chris Evans and Brie Larson both tweeted out that they would be interested in a Star Wars role, which, I mean, like I said, I can't blame them. Who wouldn't want to be in a Star Wars movie? Yeah, I was going to say. It doesn't matter if you're... If it doesn't matter if you're a lowly unknown actor yet or if you're a big, huge megastar, most people grew up with Star Wars. And if you're an actor in Hollywood, what would be the dream role if Lucasfilm gave you a call on the phone and said, hey, we'd have a part with you in mind? Who wouldn't jump on it? So I don't blame them for saying they want to do it. I just feel like maybe they're too recognizable for that kind of job. But, uh, you know, I, I hold nothing against them. I'm super jealous that they even have that opportunity. Yeah, totally. I mean, actually, I'm going to log on and, and tweet at Kevin Feige and, and see if uh, he'll put me in a Star Wars. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Wishful thinking for sure. Um, in other news, <laughs> in other news, we have something cool. Um, we have a director for the Obi Wan Kenobi series for Disney Plus. Oh, Ro, excellent! Who is she and what has she done? All right, so uh, yeah, there was an announcement that uh, Deborah Chow has been selected as the uh, director for the Obi Wan series. I did read somewhere back uh, a few weeks ago that the Obi Wan series is not going to be a full fledged, you know, series. And uh, even the Mandalorian is gonna. This first season is gonna be like eight season, eight uh, episodes. Um, and I'm thinking the Obi Wan series, since they're calling it kind of a mini series, uh, is gonna be shorter than eight episodes. But uh, Deborah Chow is a director who has uh, helmed. Uh, I'm not. I don't know exactly how many episodes of the Mandalorian. And obviously, they're already shooting or uh, writing uh, ep- uh, season two of the Mandalorian. Um, having obviously season one in the can already ready for us for November, but, uh, it's exciting. It seems like Lucasfilm has, uh, you know, made their decision based on what Deborah Chow has brought to the Mandalorian. And, uh, you know, I, I guess I'm excited. It's uh, pretty good news. Uh, I, I'd like to see what, uh, what Obi-Wan as a series has to offer the, uh, the Star Wars community. Yeah, for sure. Uh, she's done a couple episodes of Better Call Saul, and she did two episodes of The Mandalorian. And she's got a pretty good filmography. She's been around for a while. Um, I do appreciate that they're bringing somebody in who doesn't exclusively work uh, with Lucasfilm. So she's kind of an outside voice. She's been working with John Favreau, and she's also done other TV shows like we mentioned. So it's cool to have a fresh voice in there. Uh, hopefully she knows the character as well as all of us fans do, or at least she's looking it up. I know having somebody like Ewan McGregor to work with is a huge opportunity for her. I'm sure she's going to get great uh, work out of him. 
he has a really good insight into the character as well. So and I'm I really, think, really uh, looking forward to this. I think Ewan McGregor is also executive producing. So uh, if there's mm. any questions regarding the Obi-Wan character, you know, besides asking the Google, I think uh, I think McGregor can handle that uh, duty as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, this is great news all around. I do want to backtrack and talk about Kevin Feige one more time before we finish up. Oh, yeah. We forgot to mention, so there's been some some speculation and some rumor that this move with Kevin Feige is in some way um, going to kind of encroach on Kathleen Kennedy's uh, role in Lucasfilm. And I just, I, I understand that there might be some basis for thinking that, or at least that's what it looks like uh, from the outside looking in. I would just remind people that, you know, don't get ahead of yourselves he is only coming in, as far as we know, for one movie. He's coming in to produce one movie. Now, whether or not this is some kind of a proving ground uh, and he's going to make the move after this one movie is done, that to, remains to be seen. I just want to remind people who are who love to speculate on, on the inner workings of Hollywood. Uh, as of right now, he's doing one movie. Kathleen Kennedy is still the president of Lucasfilm. Kevin Feige is coming over uh, to do a Star Wars movie. According to the press release, just because he wanted to, apparently. <laughs> they said he loves Star Wars and it didn't make any sense not to let him do a Star Wars movie, so they brought him over. Oh, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Um, Talk to me. I'm going to log on and uh, tweet to Kevin Feige, and I'm a longtime Star Wars fan. Maybe I can direct one, too. <laughs> hey. I'd like to write a couple episodes of uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi series if I could. I think I have a, a good voice for that. I have a, I have a lot of good ideas. Look, we, we can throw everything up to the wall and see what sticks. Come on, let's do it. <laughs> but, you know, no, you're right. Uh, there are a couple of uh, people out there that uh, hate the idea of uh, the MCU's uh, headmaster coming over to the uh, Star Wars play lot. But uh, I, I'm very happy with what he did with the MCU, you know, uh, uh, more than a decade of, of great movies there you know there might be one or two duds in there but uh, for the most part uh, your buddy Matthew Kad- uh, Kadish uh, was uh, tweeting a couple of things about that earlier and uh, you know th- there's one tweet that he says don't forget Feige is the father of the MCU it literally wouldn't exist without him he's overseen every Marvel movie since the first Iron Man in 08 he is the George Lucas of Marvel uh, of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, so um, I tend to agree with that. I'm, um, I think I'm quite content that uh, that he's coming on to to do a film. You're right; it's not nobody said that he's replacing anybody. Um, there's a long thread uh, that Matthew also wrote regarding his speculation, and uh, you know, you guys can kind of uh, look for that one, or, or we'll put it in the uh, description so you can read it, but. Uh, yeah, it's one film. It's not a trilogy. And uh, I'm very curious to see uh, what this one film is. Is it another spinoff? Is it uh, part, uh, the beginning of a, a, another trilogy? It's, uh, it's very interesting. We'll, uh, we'll see where that leads. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, and to people who... Um who aren't happy with this news. I understand your trepidation. Uh, Marvel, it, it's enjoyable. However, it is a valid criticism to say that it's kind of a, uh, a template. You know, they are very formulaic. Each movie is, is very similar to the next, especially the origins of each character. 
Um, those are all valid complaints. And if that's not your thing, if you if you don't enjoy Marvel, I have a friend of mine. This is why I'm saying this because I have a friend of mine who's very bummed out by this. So I, I want to make sure that we we address everybody's uh, opinions on this. And uh, he's saying it. You know, George Lucas was an innovator. Um, he was somebody who wanted to do film outside of the Hollywood uh, template. He didn't like the way Hollywood worked. He wanted to do his own thing. And that's what birthed Star Wars for us. And now it seems like it's it's becoming more corporatized. It's, it's getting sucked into the Hollywood machine. And uh, some may feel that it's just going to be stamped out one generic Star Wars movie after another. Uh, and I feel you. I, I understand your complaint. And it's completely valid to feel that way. Uh, I'm just, I'm a little bit more hopeful for it. I think that we can still have unique stories. We can still have very very Star Wars stories coming out that would do George Lucas proud. I know he's not happy with what the, we could talk about that later. He knows not, he's not happy with what's going on right now, but I think it can improve. And I think it is improving uh, as we've seen him working with John Favreau on the Mandalorian and other projects. I think overall the situation might write itself uh, moving forward in the future. So, so hold out hope folks. If you're not happy about the Kevin Feige thing, uh, just just hang in there and uh, and wish for the best. Don't don't dive into the negativity. <laughs> yeah, and guys, it's, it's just one movie. I think it'll be really good. What's up, guys? This is David Triana of the Followers of the Force podcast, and you are listening to the Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast. May the Force be with you, always. So you uh, you mentioned something about George Lucas. I wanted to touch a little bit uh, on that. Uh, you know, Bob Iger released uh, some excerpts of his um, book. I was having a conversation with a buddy of mine, obviously talking about the timing of the release of this news. And to a lot of hardcore Star Wars fans... Um, the news that George Lucas wasn't uh, too thrilled about, you know, The Force Awakens and how it uh, seemed like it was a soft reboot, that that in particular was kind of like old news to us. We we kind of already knew that uh, from, you know, earlier interviews, uh, George Lucas with Charlie Rose, etc. It puzzles me as to the timing of the release of that news. It's almost like uh, adding fuel to fire. Obviously, the fandom right now is in a very strange place. And uh, to have released um, that commentary is, is a bit odd, don't, don't you think? Yes, it was very odd timing. Uh, you're, you're looking at right before the hype train of Rise of Skywalker comes out. You have uh, Bob Iger's book that comes out that is very much a downer uh, on, on Star Wars because the, the creator of it and all the fans who love George Lucas and love what he's created – now get to hear about how he felt betrayed. Now, like you mentioned, we kind of knew this before. He he's he's come out openly in interviews. He's talked about how the deal with Star Wars felt like a bad divorce. He felt like he sold it off to white slavers. He said one time about Disney, "It's this isn't news. Uh, like it's not anything we didn't already know." However, um, I kind of liken it to somebody who's just kind of it's just a little twist of the knife. Like people who already felt bummed out about this, kind of just get a reminder, like right before the Rise of Skywalker comes out. So 
I think, honestly, my personal opinion, and this could be wrong, he could, Bob Iger could be a super genius and he's playing 3D chess with us right now. But my personal <laughs> opinion, and my personal opinion is that he's a little tone deaf. Like he doesn't understand why that would be a bad thing. He's off, you know, being a CEO for a multi billion dollar corporation. I don't think he's worried about what people say on Twitter. I think he just put it out there because that's what he's doing. He's retiring in a year and a half or two years. So, you know, I, I don't think he thought anything of it, but it affects us. Uh, me, I know it affects me and you. I don't know how the, our listeners feel about it, but um, it was a very odd thing to say or to release r- this close to the last film uh, in the Skywalker saga. Um, yeah, did you say he's uh, retiring in uh, a year or two, or what was that again? Yeah, Bob Iger, he's, he's retiring from CEO in about two years' time. I believe two years. Oh, hold on a second. I'm I'm going to log into Twitter and tweet at Bob Iger and see if I can take his position in... Uh... <laughs> uh, it's more than just Star Wars, Row. It's like parks <laughs> and like accounting and you know, oh, all these yeah, deals. Yeah, no. Buying... You lost me at accounting, yeah. sorry. Yeah, and, and like buying other corporations with pocket money and stuff. So, yeah, I don't right. know, man. <laughs> Let me log on. That is all very interesting, interesting stuff. But we got uh, more to talk about. Let's uh, take a little break to pay some bills. All right, it's time to pay the bills. Hey, I'm excited. We got a new sponsor on the podcast. Alex, why don't you tell the folks what we got? What's up, Star Wars fans? Today's episode of the Scarif Podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Organically Wonderful. Organically Wonderful is a small business that is dedicated to bringing you 100% pure, organic, non-toxic beauty products like dry shampoo and body oil. And if you go to their website and check out the list of things that you can buy, and then when you buy them, you can type in ScuttleBuddies15 and get 15% off your entire purchase. That's ScuttleBuddies15 for 15% off. Head on down to OrganicallyWonderful.com and say thank you to Organically Wonderful for bringing you the Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast. And may the force be with you. All right, Scuttle Buddies, we are back. Thank you for hanging in there. But yeah, check out uh, our sponsor, Organically Wonderful. I just got uh, a a little bottle of oil, and uh, it is fantastic. I'm going to check out the website and see if I can get uh, the dry shampoo. Sounds very interesting, so I'm going to try that one um, in a bit. But it should be cool, should be cool. So please, 15% off. That's, that's uh, That's pretty amazing. I love it. You know, I wanted to uh, say thank you. We've got uh, a couple of new um, patrons on Patreon. And uh, if you guys uh, are able to check out our Patreon page and uh, are able to support, we have tiers, uh, you know, from high and low, but uh, whatever you can to to help out the channel, that would be fantastic. I want to say thank you to... Chad from uh, Hyperspace and Holocrons, 
I'd like to say a very thank you to DJ Blake, who is uh, Charlie Skywalker. Thank you very much. Uh, he's uh, He has uh, taken advantage of uh, the Patreon exclusives there that we have. He loves the uh, iPhone um, lock screens that uh, we created, and then we put it up there. Uh, Drunk3PO, thank you very much for uh, being a uh, supporter of the channel. And uh, a very, very special thank you to 97Bravo. Thank you so much. Um, we really appreciate all of our patrons. And uh, we've got some stuff uh, heading all of your ways. Um, does that right? Does that sound right? We've got some stuff heading your way, guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, you know, that help, uh, that help that you guys give us uh, helps us uh, to... Uh, you know, continue to create some great content for everyone. Uh, you guys have your uh, Patreon exclusives, and uh, we'll be putting up some uh, some uh, podcasts that are also Patreon exclusives as well, as well as some other stuff. Obviously, you guys know that I like to, to do graphics, so I'll uh, put up some really cool things up there for everyone to enjoy. Uh, it helps us uh, in future broadcasts and future podcast episodes, so thank you very much. And speaking of future, Alex, uh, we've got some really, really great future plans for the podcast, don't we? Yes, we got together and we planned out the next couple of months of content, and I am super excited to share it with everybody. Just so you guys know, October is going to be George Lucas Appreciation Month, and we are going to break down everything that he did to create the greatest franchise that we all love, Star Wars. He revolutionized film. Wow. He revolutionized film two times with the original trilogy and then again with the prequel trilogy. Filmmakers never made films again after he was done doing his job. <laughs> and then we have the legacy of the special editions. We're going to be talking about what it means for the special editions. People who love them, people who aren't found of them, uh, what they did, what was it. It was kind of a testing ground for the prequels. And then, last but not least, Ro, what do we have for the end of the month? Well, we've got uh, the legacy of the Clone Wars. Uh, you know, the Clone Wars was something that was mentioned in the original trilogy. We uh, uh, we dreamed about knowing more about the Clone Wars. And uh, thank you to George Lucas and Dave Filoni for creating that uh, project, the Clone Wars. Uh, we got a lot of information about what happened during the Clone Wars. And uh, we can see a lot of great, great writing. We're going to break down what the legacy of that uh, program was. Uh, new characters, new situations, new Star Wars lore. And uh, if you guys are a fan of the Clone Wars, that is going to be an episode not to miss. October is George Lucas Appreciation Month here on the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. I can't wait. But this only is the beginning. Uh, so October, we've got all that uh, planned. November is going to be a massive month for us as well. Uh, we have teamed up with another podcast, and we're going to have a live event here in Chicago. And we can't wait to uh, we can't wait to do it, but we can't wait to give you guys all the details. We are right now in pre-production and pre-planning on this massive event. And uh, it's, uh, it's so massive that uh, you've got to come out to Chicago from uh, your hometown in Las Vegas to come and help me. And I'm going to be, it's going to be so exciting. It's going to be so exciting. Yeah. 
Yes, this is awesome. This is a big step for us, too. For a very small podcast that we are, we love our listeners, and they're showing us that they're interested in what we're talking about and interested in our take on things. We've get we've got great downloads, and this live event is just the next step. It feels like a leap, like we're going into hyperspace. We're going from just a little podcast to boom, we're doing a live event with people there. We're gonna have a bunch of cool stuff. I can't give away too much. Rose gonna yell at me, but it's gonna be a ton of fun, and I hope you guys all really enjoy it. It's like we uh, it, it's like we we fast forward and we did the Holdo maneuver. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> uh, Brad would be proud of me for that one. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you very much for joining us on this episode. Like I said, we're going to start to kind of start cranking them out because we are going to be bombarded with Star Wars news as the months approach. And uh, December is right around the corner. If you are listening to us for the first time, please subscribe. Check us out on iTunes. We are on SoundCloud and Spotify and wherever else you might find your Star Wars podcasts. We are there. That is all for now. What do you say, Alex? And that's the scuttlebutt. Thanks for listening, guys. All right, all right, all right.